You're listening to the Get Clear Up Podcast, a space dedicated to the female experience. I'm your host, holistic health practitioner and women's sexual health expert, Callie Shea. Y'all are in for such a treat. In this episode, I'm talking with Megan Hughes, and Megan is just the most beautiful, amazing, bright light. And I feel so grateful to know her and to consider her a friend. And this was just such a good conversation. So we go over things like body image and how that's evolved for us over the years and how we've grown. There's a lot of reflection on both of our own personal growth um, and our journey within relationships and our own sexuality. We get a lot into what sexuality is and what that manifests, how that manifests in our bodies and in our lives and in our relationships. And this episode is just very vulnerable and real, and I'm excited for you to get your ears on it. So without further ado, here we go. All right, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Heck yes. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh, of course. You're like one of the first people I thought of. I was like, okay, Megan has to come on. No brainer. (laughs) When you have a podcast, and you are thinking of other people who also have a podcast, you're like, well, she knows how to do it. Like she, she yes, understands how exactly. to like work a microphone. It's not going to be too complicated. Call her in. It's going to be great. <laughs> exactly. I, see, I shot you a text and I was like, will you come on my podcast? And you were so about it. So I appreciated the support. No problem. Always try to support yeah. a nice pod. Everybody's starting them. It's a good idea. There's so much mm-hmm. fun. And also I just feel like you're such a knowledgeable queen that it needed to happen. And like, I just can't wait to listen to all the episodes. So, oh my gosh, thank you. Um, so give us the intro to like who you are. What do you do? What's your bio? You know, that whole spiel. The whole spiel. Okay. Um, my name's Megan Hughes. I'm a YouTuber mainly. That's my main thing. And then I also have a podcast of my own called Souls at Sundown. It's on all streaming platforms. If you want to check her out, it's a music and advice podcast. And I kind of do like the same kind of advice content on my YouTube channel. I started as a makeup channel when I was 15. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) My name was Miss Megan Makeup and I did beauty and fashion videos. That's like what I was known for in high school and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. um, just doing that kind of fashion content and just like winged eyeliner and all that crazy stuff. (laughs) And then when I start, I started to kind of like transition away from that stuff when I realized how much advice meant to my life and how much Mm -hmm. it was like resonating with my followers. So then I was like, you know what, I'll transfer to doing more of that. And so now I just do really just advice content on there. I talk about like sex and relationships and a bunch of other just vulnerable topics, kind of like stuff I would have wanted to hear, but didn't have the person right. to listen to when I was in high school saying those kinds of things and like relating to me. So that's the main thing. And I also make vlogs just of my daily life yeah. and my, my so farm <laughs> with my pigs, pigs and my dogs. I love them so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so when you made that transition, like from the makeup, I didn't know that's what you did before. I thought this was kind of like your thing forever. So that's interesting. So when you made that transition, um, how was that received? Cause like 
obviously it was a pretty big difference going from that to like what you talk about now with sex and like body image and things like that. Did your audience appreciate that or? Yeah, I was kind of, I started incorporating it in about 2014. Like was do, mm-hmm. always, I was always talking about more than that. Like I would make videos that were more so about either myself or the things that I liked and had my friends in them and stuff. So it wasn't always focused around beauty and fashion. That was just like the main right. thing that people knew me for. So I don't think that anybody was really shocked when I started to like kind of transition out of it. But really the main thing was when I stopped wearing makeup in my daily life, I Mm -hmm. made a video being like, literally the only reason I wear makeup anymore is to film a video for you. So if you're okay (laughs) with like me not wearing it on camera and just making a vid, just being myself, I'll just stop doing it all together and just, (laughs) I can transition to what I actually want to talk about and do other than these get ready with me's that like don't really resonate anymore. You know, like I can sit there and talk about these things, but it's been so long that I've been talking about like products and makeup that I'm like, let's just get it. Like there's so much else. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're done. And I definitely like a lot of people were probably just confused because they would come to my channel. And I also changed mm-hmm. my name on the platform from Miss Megan Makeup to just my name, Megan Hughes. So mm-hmm. when they would come on, they would be like, what happened to Miss Megan Makeup? Like, is she dead? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't know her anymore. She's- the internet's wild. Yeah. <laughs> She's a new woman, so just get used to it, I guess. But no, everybody was like pretty much fine, you know? Good. Yeah. I mean, and I, these topics are always like so hit or miss, right? Like people are, are only going to ever be like super supportive of it or they're going to be totally turned off by it. So I think that's always interesting the way the internet reacts. Exactly. It's at the end of the day too, it's like what I would always go back to is if you want to watch that stuff, it is so oversaturated on this platform. You can find mm. hundreds of other girls out there doing that who are so much more talented than me and are like on their Jeffree Star shit, like with the sparkly background and like the green totally. screen and the high def camera. I don't have that. So it's like, you know, right. let's just transition to something else. <laughs> right. And that, well, that's what I love about you too, is like the realness of your, just everything you talk about, your content and Thank just who you. you are. So that's what I've appreciated so much about what you create. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, that's my main drive is to just be as honest and vulnerable as I can because people need that yeah. stuff, you know? It's hard for people to totally. be vulnerable in their main lives. So to see somebody doing it, they're like, wow, you inspire me to like talk about these hard topics with people in my life too. Like, Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the topics I love that you're most vulnerable about is body image. And I know you actually shared something on Instagram about this, maybe like a week ago about like how your relationship with your body has evolved and changed. So can you like share more about that? Because I was so all over it. I was like, you go, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it really waxes and wanes. I made a video about this topic that people really received very well in Mm -hmm. 2018. And it was just like, if you just type in body confidence, Megan Hughes, it'll come up. And the thumbnail Mm -hmm. is like me at two different points in like weight fluctuation. And in that video, I was just talking about how, and like, don't get me wrong. I still fucking do this. Can I curse? Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bring it on. (laughs) I still fucking do this. Like I'll go back through my photos on my phone and be like, oh, you know, this was a good photo of my body here. And Mm -hmm. then like compare it to how I look now. And so I was kind of talking about that toxic like relationship that I have with the old image of me and just how that will always wax and wane. And I'll be like, oh, why can't I just look like that? Or if I did X, Y, and Z, I could. And in that video, I was just like, oh my gosh, it just is so much better when I just look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I love me. 
in my unaltered mm-hmm. state, like when I'm not looking at myself and being like picking all of these things apart. And totally. now I've been working out consistently again for the first time since <laughs> Lord knows how long, <laughs> like so <laughs> long. Um, for but I've been working out for like eight weeks now, like three to four mm-hmm. times a week. And you go. Thank you so much. I've been staying yeah. with the routine and every yeah. other time that I tried to get up like and start doing it again in the past, it was like, oh, I'm going to Jamaica with Finley's family. I need to like look good in a bikini because his mm-hmm. cousins are going to be there or something like that. Or like, you know, I don't even know. Right. Like, no, totally. Stuff. And just having that like fleeting image of I need to work out for this. And then mm-hmm. once I accomplish that one thing goes away. So Basically, now I'm just grappling with the whole thing yet again because, like, when you start working out and your body your body starts actually seeing changes and like healthy improvements, mm-hmm. you're looking in the mirror and you're like, "Why isn't it happening faster? Why isn't it doing that?" Like, I just there's always something that just pops back up. So that's basically what I was talking about in the Instagram post. Also, I had posted like once you start sharing the journey and people congratulate you, it like fuels your fire of oh, I yeah. should keep doing this or it fuels some kind of a toxic thing in you. And that's what I recognized in myself. Like one of my friends replied back to me in like some workout outfit and was like, wow, you're looking so fit or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I replied back, not thank you. I've been trying or something like that. I go, do you really mean it? Mm -hmm. What? Like, what is that? Who is that? Don't know her. (laughs) Who invited her? (laughs) Who is she? (laughs) She's not welcome here. (laughs) No, but I I get it. I mean, I've been there too. It's just so frustrating because you're like, wow, I actually was making progress. And like at the very beginning of when, eight weeks ago, when I started again, I was like, I'm not doing this for anything other than I just want to be healthy. And I know that this Mm -hmm. would be good for me to be like moving my body a couple times a week because I did it. And then like once it progresses and people start recognizing it, it's just like, starts to change. And it just always makes me want to go back to the initial drive and start remembering like, no, you didn't do this because you want people to tell you that you look good. Like that's not why, that's not the underlying real meaning of it. Mm -hmm. So once I started bringing it up with my partner and then my therapist and then just online, it just really helped me a lot. So that's why. Yeah, totally. I just, I love because you share so openly about that. And it is such a common frustration and topic. I mean, I've been there. I was talking to my mom today on the phone and I was like, consistently being active is difficult. Like it is so hard to stick with it because like you said, like you get frustrated because I look in the mirror and I'm like, why am I not 12 weeks ahead of where I am now? Like, why didn't I start? And you beat up on yourself and, you know, becomes that cycle. So for me, it was really, like you said, about being centered in why I'm doing it and treating it more of like a personal practice than like a physical appearance thing. And that's hard. That's a, that itself is a practice, like reminding yourself, I'm doing this for health. I'm doing this because I want to take care of my body. But when I was getting like winded going up the stairs, I was like, okay, your girl needs to do some cardio. Like (laughs) it's time. I feel that. Oh yeah. I I love what you said though, about it being two separate things. And it's a practice Mm -hmm. to remember like, this is why I do it. And this is not why I do this for just tearing myself apart or comparing myself or picking myself apart. That's the main thing is like looking in the mirror and doing those like mean, just horrible remarks to yourself. And that's what I was doing. And 
I went out with my partner a couple of weeks ago and I always get a little honest after, you know, even more honest than I already am after <laughs> probably two beers. So I was somewhere in between that and we were driving home and I was just like, you know, I think he like congratulated me on my progress. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. But I have to be honest with you. Like I am doing some toxic things. So mm-hmm. I've been like looking at myself in the mirror and like also excessively weighing myself and just mm-hmm. these bad behavior. Like, I don't know why I'm doing it. And we're just trying to like delve into the root of the problem. And then I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, just need to tell my therapist. (laughs) And then I did. And she has been keeping me on the ball. She's been like checking in because I do online therapy. So she'll like- Me too. It's so good. It's so great. Love it. (laughs) And so she'll just be like, so um, what's your progress this week? Like, what are the things, what are the things that you've been telling yourself to- get you to a a more healthy place rather than tearing yourself apart? Like what are some healthy practices that you've been saying and always challenging me to like think about what I've actually been doing. And I'm like, oh, I do have a lot of self-love practices too. So sure. Here's X, Y, and Z, but I could go on. (laughs) Yeah. No, I tell my clients that all the time though, because we focus on a to-do list as a society. And I just think as like go-getters, we focus on a to-do list. And I know that if I'm not mindful about it, like I will look at all the things I didn't get done. Like I could have gotten 15 out of 18 things done, but I'm like, Hmm, there are things left that I didn't get done. Like I didn't finish those. Wow. What did I even do today? Like, so we really have to focus on like, where are we showing up for ourselves? Like, where is that self-love coming in? Because like the negatives seem so much bigger than the positives if we don't practice focusing on them. So I totally get that. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to remember like all of the things that you've done well in mm-hmm. a week or a month or just in your life in general, mm-hmm. rather than just sitting there and being like, oh, what didn't I accomplish today? Mm-hmm. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. we're just- there's all, the to-do list never ends. Like it's no. never going to end. No. And there's always those like five random things on the back burner yeah. that you could go back to and be like, oh yeah, maybe I should clean under the cabinets or something like that. <laughs> so I'm sure that's coming up for a lot of people during their quarantine period. <laughs> oh yeah. I like sat on the floor the other day and like, cause we have white cabinets in our kitchen and I'm like sitting there like scrubbing our white cabinets. And I was like, oh my God, I can't tell you the last time, like I've just wiped these down. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. Like all the things are in the back of our mind. We just have so many repetitive thoughts all the time. And so it's just, it's interesting to me, especially like when we're in times like this, where we're focusing on like what we can do more of. And it's really, I think about, like I said, like it's a practice of being mindful of just the things you're practicing on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's also just bringing out your own patterns and stuff like that. Like once we have the time and people aren't just running off to their jobs or their daily routines, you're at home being like, wow, what is my actual routine or my, my thought routine, like what loops do I get myself into? I think that that's coming up for a lot of people right now as well as just like recognizing what is always there that they're always like running from, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's important all the time. Just remember this. Yeah. That's that's what we could do on a daily basis, but the the world is filled with distractions if we want them to. Oh, of course. Definitely. (laughs) The internet. (laughs) Literally. So what have you found like on working on your body image? Like how has that impacted like your sex life and your relationship? Have you noticed that coming up in that? Yes. Oh my God, so much. (laughs) So we were actually talking about this the other day. So we were just talking about drive. It was on my birthday and we're just, you know, doing Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's like, we're just 
doing a lot of um, smooching, you know, all of the above. Mm-hmm. And Finley mentioned, he was like, you know, have you noticed that I've just been like a little bit more just frisky lately? And I was like, you know what? I actually have. I have noticed that. And I feel like I have been as well. I wonder it's because I, I just wonder what it's, what is the reason behind it? Sorry, mm-hmm. big stutter there. And, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I wonder if it's like, I don't know, just something changed in me. Like, I don't really know what's happening there. And I was like, maybe it's just because I'm, and I went back to the whole toxic, maybe it's because I look more attractive. Maybe it's because Mm -hmm. I've lost weight. Maybe it's because of X, Y, and Z. And he was just like, no, that's not it at all. (laughs) No, that's not. No, I mean, you look good. Yeah, sure. But I'm not (laughs) going to sit here and tell you that the reason why I'm feeling more attracted to you is because of like, you know, the whole appearance thing. It's not that like I'm attracted to your drive to Mm. be healthier for your own body. And like seeing you work out just turns me on in general. And I was like, wow this is really, this is good stuff to hear. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I love you guys. That's so like affirming too. Like yeah. I would die. Like I'd be like, okay, yeah. yep. Have me, take me right here. <laughs> yeah. It was just nice though, because I feel like it's so easy for me to just associate that with appearance and be like, mm-hmm. oh, because I've actually been like thinking more about these things in my own mind than obviously the reason why you're more attracted to what's happening is because I'm physically more, you know, all right. of these things. And he was like, no, 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 that's just a, no, we're not going to think that way because that's not totally. the truth. <laughs> and so we we're just trying to like go back and forth of what the drive was, but we always just came back to that. Like having a partner who's ambitious and motivating you to also get out there and do that because neither of us have ever been like fit kings and queens. You know what I mean? Like we've never, when we got together, it wasn't like, do you want to go on a run together? Like that was never, (laughs) he told me the other day, he goes, we've been together over three years and I don't think I've ever seen you run. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen you like full out sprint. You know what I mean? And I was like, because I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Who wants to do that? (laughs) That's why you've never seen it. And he was like, well, yeah, I think that maybe that's why I'm really attracted to the the working out thing because it's just like, never see you do that stuff. So it's just like really nice to see it. I said, well, thank God, because I like doing it. That's so (laughs) sweet. Yeah. Well, and I relate to that on the flip side. And I think we've talked about this. It's like, I'm a lot like Finley and you're a lot like Jake. Like, (laughs) I feel like so much, Um, but I feel like I've seen this on the flip side. Is that um, when Jake, like, well, he, when we first started dating, you know, he was like not healthy and not in his prime, as he would say. <laughs> um, and so I've really like seen, not to say like it's exactly the same as what you've experienced, but like he went from like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day yeah. to like now he does like Iron Man's. Exactly. And I can I've say, seen the tweets. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've seen the before and after pics. Like, and I think what, that's so sexy to me, like seeing him like be consistent with his, with his drive. And like, he doesn't, if he's like, is set to go run for the day, like he's not going to miss it. Cause he's got a goal. Right. And like the goal really is it's health focused, but it's also an accomplishment for him. Yeah. And that like, is so sexy. He like, he's like, I'm going on a run and I'm like, okay, but sex first. Cause this is hot. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm going on a run right now. <laughs> He'll be like ready to go out the door. And I'll be like, okay, but this is, I'm horny. This is hot. (laughs) So I totally get that in terms of the fact that like seeing your partner 
be driven and ambitious. It really is. It's such a turn on. Like it's just so, it's so hot. Exactly. (laughs) I think also just even seeing them like put on their workout gear and just get geared up for it and just watching them do it aside from you, you know, like they're just, they wake up, they're like, okay, I'm going to like for myself, I'm going to put on my leggings, put on my sports bra and I'll just like, you know, start doing my, setting my little station up to work out. And Finley's like, oh, oh. I don't know if I normally see this kind of stuff, but this is, this is kind of hot. You know, it's like seeing something where I was also talking to him about the the other day, but like when you're not living with your partner, you um, kind of have this kind of behind the scenes magic, you know, like you show up showered and sexy and ready to go. When you live with them, you see all of it, the getting oh, ready, yeah. the plucking of your chin hairs and just all of the things like, yep. Yep. So, Shaving my face. Like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's kind of like being let in on that, like just their mm-hmm. own personal little daily routine things and just seeing it and being like, Oh, that's how they find the motivation to do that. They just get up mm-hmm. and they do it. That's kind of cute. I don't know. That's cute. I like them. I'm going to keep dating them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, and I'm, I think it's, I just like, I love the way you guys communicate too, because it's something that like we value in our relationship so much. And so I love, I love just like hearing that, like that support and that openness. Um, because I do think, especially around like body image stuff, like it can be really difficult to be open with your partner about that and having those conversations. Yeah. I feel like it's always been such a base for us of just always say how you feel that I never even get the thought to keep things from him like mm-hmm. oh I yeah same never even have, like I shared too much <laughs> way too often <laughs> you know what I mean dare I yep. say and so yeah when I do have those things about my in my own body where I'm just thinking about them so constantly it's like it's a no-brainer to share that with him and I I when I you know talk online with people or they send me advice questions or something like that I really do have to rework that and be like not everybody does this it's very hard for people to have these conversations if it was never really a thing. And they've always kind of swept things under the rug with their own selves or in their own relationships. And I just always have to remind myself of that, that like not everybody, it's just like communicating all of the things all the time. And also sometimes just like I said, sharing too much, like (laughs) I'll go into like a full, a full, a monologue about a dream and he's like in and was I in it or why did you bring it up and I'm like I don't know I just first thing on my mind and he's like all yes, right well there's stuff in my head I gotta get it out and to you right now yeah that's how I work <laughs> yep same and and I, about like you know opening up in relationships and I think the thing is yeah it's so hard not everyone has those conversations and I say that all the time I feel like on online I'm like communicate communicate but really it can be hard to like, to speak those things out, but also like being on the receiving end of that can be really difficult. Like knowing how to handle someone else's stuff without taking it on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the big difference is like knowing that, like if I express something to him, it's not about him. Like this isn't something he's done or something he's influenced. And I think, you know, because we take, we tend to take things personally and like, that's natural. Um, but being able to separate yourself from, like the conversation from the feedback you're getting from your partner, that can be hard. So like having, it really is just a practice. I think I keep saying that word, but like it is a practice of communication. It is. And also it's, you know, I, I struggle sometimes with 
disassociating myself from his issues um, because like if he's talking about an emotional state or something like that I'm like well I was there so um, was it something I did you know and it's like no yeah no wasn't <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I need to get it off my chest um, but also I think that partners really like serve as a mirror for mm-hmm. your stuff that you're going through so totally. if you want to get it off your chest the only way that we really like get to a conclusion with getting to the root of a problem is if the other person is like constantly asking questions about like, well, why did you think that? Well, mm-hmm. did you do X, Y, and Z to get there? Or like, did you talk to so-and-so about it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you could just think about this instead. Um, but I don't know. Let's talk more about it. And just like always yeah. asking those questions of, hey, why did why did you have the thought and why did you share it in the first place? And not just trying to like direct it at yourself or like making yeah. it, yeah, making it about yourself is really something that I constantly am like trying to rework as well. But I feel like I do a decent job at kind of like bringing it back and being like, okay, okay, not about me, not about me. Okay, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. And And something like we do is like, if it comes up and like he says something like, I feel like the way you said that was harsh or something. I sometimes like need to take a minute because like immediately I'm pissed. I'm like, well, fuck you. If it's harsh, like you haven't seen harsh yet. Like, and then I'm like, hold on, (laughs) hold on. And I will be like, Hey, can I just have a minute with this? And I'm going to come back to you. And that's something that's been, you can tell, like I've been to therapy because the way I talk, I'm like, I need a minute to process my emotions. (laughs) And so that's what I'll do is I'll take a minute and I will like walk away or like go out of the room or whatever and be like, okay, it's not about me. This is not at me. I didn't do anything necessarily wrong. It's just like, he needs to hear it differently or like I need to show up in a different way and it doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong. And so I think that's a big part of it too, is um, not feeling like every conversation has to have a reaction immediately because I will because immediately react and like whatever it is, uh, if I, whether I get sad or angry or whatever, like I immediately react. And, and something that I've had to really like, again, here, I'm going to say it practice is like not reacting to everything. If that makes sense, like yeah. just learning how to come from a place of like self and I'm grounded yeah. and, and really when I like feel like I'm in self per se, like I'm curious and creative and like happy to know what's going on with him and I'm not taking it so personally, but that can be hard too. Like these conversations, I feel like just being with a partner, like you said, it brings up so much stuff in you. You're like, Ooh, I've got that to work on. Or like, Ooh, I don't like the way I did that. Exactly. And just with, like you're saying, just taking a minute to sit with emotions and just think it over a little bit. That's just something that people need to do even outside of relationships. Like if they feel something and they're having a minute to themselves and need to process. So yeah, it really just brings up so many good, good ideas of things that you should go into in your right. I had, I had a medium tell me a few, I haven't say a few months, like six months ago, she was like, you can't make any decisions for a full lunar cycle. Like you're not allowed to, I'm not allowing you to. And I was like, okay, but I don't, I don't like that because <laughs> I want to do it right now. I want to react immediately. But that, not that I would say I wait a whole lunar cycle anymore, for a while I did. Like if I was going to do something, like I would wait that long. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like it just has reminded me to take some time yeah, and not react. Or if I have something to communicate, like thinking about in my head, like how can I communicate this like effectively for him to receive it? And also, so I don't sound like tongue tied or like my brain's full of worms. Like how do I have this conversation? And, and I think that that 
just like all of these, like with body image and sex and all of that, like it requires you to feel like as in touch with yourself as you can. Like it's the most, I feel like that's the most productive conversations is like when you've really taken that time to be like, how do I actually feel about this? You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that just like a sitting practice too and like meditation Mm -hmm. and just like finding Mm -hmm. those things that work for yourself are super helpful in just like grounding you in your daily life experiences and whatnot. And people like, this is just an ongoing, it's an ongoing practice, baby. (laughs) So you'll find the things, you'll find the things that work. And it's not like one day you're just going to be like, now I just sit with everything and it's fine. (laughs) So true. You know, like (laughs) you have to have those reminders just like with myself, like not making it about myself. Those are constant reminders or just the constant mm-hmm. reminder of like, Hey, even though you have this workout practice, it's not about this, like constant reminder. And so mm-hmm. you just have all of those things just kind of stowed away in your brain. And you're like, Nope, they just need to stay at, at an accessible level for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can just constantly tap into that because totally striving for is just to be a, just to be a good person, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you have for someone who is like struggling with body image and kind of in those beginning stages of like not feeling comfortable in their own skin or not appreciating their bodies? I would say the first thing is like just honesty. The first step is mm-hmm. honesty about the fact that you're feeling that way. Whether you're being honest with your journal, I would say just start there. Like just telling yeah. yourself that I, I'm recognizing this as a thing. So that's kind of how it started for me. And then I was honest with my partner as well as my therapist. And kind of just like once you start telling other people, then they're going to help you rework it. And so you're not just, it's not just an ongoing, this is just a me, myself and I battle. Because yeah. even though it is about your image of yourself, you can still ask for advice from others. So I would say the things that really helped me is just, like I said earlier, just always coming back to that, like the core drive of like, why am I doing this? Like, why, mm-hmm. why am I picking myself apart? What, where do I think it's going to get me? That's a helpful question that my therapist asked me is like, why are you doing it? Because you want results faster? And I was mm-hmm. like, I think, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. And then we were just talking about how weird it is to think that like to be mean to yourself would get you a quicker result because when has that ever worked for anyone you know like it only makes you feel like shit about yourself Mm -hmm. and that's the only thing it will accomplish and having these kind practices implemented into your life of like taking time to sit and doing meditation and like reflecting in your journal or having whatever your self-love practices are like spending time oh my god spending time with yourself and your body and learning your body. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would say just body exploration and masturbation also really helped me like see myself as a sexy person yeah. rather totally. than being like, Oh no, I don't know what that is. And I don't, mm-hmm. because how are other people supposed to see you that way? If you can't even like get into that mood with yourself. And oh, I totally agree. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way at all, because I was no. totally there and I get these questions all the time and I'll just be like, you know what? I think you should just get like a, like a fun toy or maybe not even a toy, just a hand, just follow your dreams mm-hmm. and just like set the scene and do that time for yourself. Mostly just mm-hmm. making, yeah, preparing a space and like that is a practice in itself of like, oh, I'm making this look good, not for anybody else, but for me, because I'm going to spend time mm-hmm. with myself or like, yeah, preparing a bath. That's one of my favorite things too. So I don't know anybody who's struggling with those things. It's like, 
it's not that you're going to just arrive there one day and just be a confident person forever. Like that's Mm -hmm. not how it works. It's just constantly going back to the things that remind you of how much you mean to yourself. So just having those practices to like fall back on is something that has really helped me. And also just being honest in my main life with everyone. (laughs) Totally agree. Yeah. And I think to touch back on what you said about like self-pleasure and masturbation, I feel like that's something I tell everyone to do. I'm like, well, are you masturbating? Because that's step one. (laughs) Um, But it really is. It's exactly what you said. Like if you can't feel sexy for yourself, how do you expect to show up in the world? Like turned on in your life and like, you know, excited to be with your partner and just excited to like show up in general. Like if you can't be vulnerable and intimate with yourself. So I fully agree with that. I was I can never, I feel like I tell everyone about this podcast, but I never can remember like who it was, who it was or who said it. But the main takeaway, I was listening to to this podcast that this woman on there was an author uh, about sexuality, like sexuality Mm -hmm. in teens. And well, I'll find it and I'll like link it in the show notes. But basically she went to like all these high schools and interviewed these high school kids about how they express their sexuality. And they split the room, like boys on one side, girls on the other, which is super sexist, but whatever. And they asked um, the girls how they express their sexuality. And they said through clothes. And they asked the boys how they express their sexuality. And they said through sex. And I was like, how? Like, that's so limited. That is, and she was shocked. She was like so upset that like kids aren't exposed. Like we are not exposed at a young age, like how to express ourselves sexually or how to be sexual beings. And it's a huge part of our lives. Like it's inevitable that it's going to be a big part. And so that was so fascinating to me. And it really sparked a lot, I think, within my own work of just like working with clients to get to the bottom of what's going on with your sexuality. Like, how are you feeling about yourself sexually and and on an intimate level? Because like your sexuality is so much more than just having sex. Like it's the things that make you feel like you and like your your intimacy with yourself and your vulnerability with self. And, And so, yeah, I think that's such a beautiful practice is like, just practicing being intimate. And I say all the time, like you can masturbate without even having to have an orgasm. Like it's really about like that intimate space with yourself. Yeah. That's so interesting that they did that in a a high school or middle? In a high school. They went to a bunch of different high schools and did that. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I was like, middle school, I can't even imagine people (laughs) even saying the word sex. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, In Georgia, public middle schools. No (laughs) way. Never occurred. No, I, I just can't even imagine being like offered that thought in high school, which is I had no clue. Yeah, which is sad. Like we aren't taught about how to express ourselves in that way, so it does naturally come out for people in ways that either like they're not proud of or they have these certain thoughts, and it's just a reflection of what they were told or saw in porn or whatever it might be. But really just asking yourself those questions is like freaking huge for a a high schooler. I get so frustrated thinking about my my sex education in high school (laughs) in general. Like I could go on It gets me so worked up. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's just so, and like I said, obviously like I took sex education in like a Georgia public middle school, high school. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what the, basically I remember like learning how to put a tampon in and like a visual aid for a tampon. And then we did a crossword puzzle of like different slang terms for cum. Like those are the two big things I remember. Yeah. (laughs) No way. Oh my God. That was all we did. And like looked at pictures of STDs. That was our sex education. Yes. 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 So I remember like the day to the moment. 
Yeah. The time that I like learned the word jizz, I can like think of it to the moment. I'm like, I know who said it. I know where I was. <laughs> That's wow. it. Those are my big takeaways. <laughs> I didn't have a crossword, but Kelly and I both grew up in Georgia public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely had a similar experience in that yeah, way. Yeah, not but good. Basically, hell. if you don't have sex, if you have sex, you're going to like get pregnant and die yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That was really That's the takeaway, that. the main takeaway. <laughs> yep. So in, in terms of like practicing, like being intimate and, and practicing that with yourself, um, what do you feel like is, has been like the most pivot, pivotal to that journey for you? Like what has been, has made you more comfortable with that? Wow. I would say the number one thing, and this is something that I've recommended to people in the past is like mirror masturbation, because then you can actually mm-hmm. see yourself. Yeah. And I just feel like it's so common for people not to be familiar with their anatomy or look at it and see it as a beautiful thing. And growing up, that was something that I was just like, so just confused by, ashamed by, like not going to look at my, my parts in any way, shape or form. I also, I've been watching Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu and Reese Witherspoon in it, in the show, Um, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Richardson. She is like a very stern, you know, kind of suburban put together woman. And she was like, no, I've never seen my vagina. What are you talking about? (laughs) And then she like got a little drunk one night and like put a mirror down there and was just laughing, like was just like cackling in her bathroom alone. Just like, that's what it looks like. Oh my God. But I can't even like, oh wow. I can't even imagine not even knowing what my vagina looks like. Mm -hmm. So just spending that time with like knowing what all of you looks like, I feel like is maybe kind of a taboo thing to suggest to people, but at the same time it shouldn't be because it's like, why aren't you familiar with just like all the men do it men love their penises (laughs) exactly they love to look and like swing it around and like this is my dick so and we are just and the opposite we're like don't look at it men love the scent of it as well like there's a reddit thread finley told me this the other day he was like i just came across a reddit thread that's just all people being like so you you love the smell of your balls right like just all these men being like, so that's I've a never thing. heard that. Yeah. But that's such like a guy thing. They're just like, they're loud and proud about it. Like they're allowed to just be like proud about their dicks. Exactly. And I feel like it's, um, I don't know, women really, it encompasses a lot of shame because you're like, yeah. well, if I'm performing for the male gaze or X, Y, and Z is happening in the bedroom, then if I look like this, then will he still want me? And so then we have all these thoughts, these limiting thoughts of like, do I look okay or right? Or is this fine? Yeah. Like just wanting to be wanted. So just want yourself in yeah. <laughs> in the grand yes. scheme of things, please. <laughs> just look at yourself yes. in the mirror and be like, I'm fine. Like, again, like I said in that video in the past, like I love me in my unaltered state, not looking at myself and being like, what can I fix about this image? Right. Like you just exist. And so you don't need to nitpick it apart and spend your whole life like dedicating yourself to changing things because personal growth is great. But once we get really hung up on like changing our whole physical appearance, the journey never ends. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it never. And and that's the thing I think, at least for me, is I noticed that like when I became, you know, when I was 18 and an adult, like I thought like everything had to be figured out. And really that was just like the beginning of me, like understanding my body or coming into my body. And I think that like, we have to give ourselves some grace with that because there is 
Oh, hold on. My, uh, my audio stopped recording. On oh, GarageBand no. or here? On GarageBand. We're good. So we're still recording it here. We can edit this part out. <laughs> um, I'm still recording in here. We're good. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that just because when we, when we turn 18, like I said, like we, it's just like, all right, go out into the world. You got everything figured out. Like you'd be an adult. And that was probably the first time I even became aware of my body mm-hmm. or like had any opportunity to explore my sexuality. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you're in your twenties and you're figuring that out, it feels like you should already have it figured out, but it realistically speaking, like it's very hard to have that figured out by then. And, and just to give yourself some grace with that. Yeah. A lot of people don't even think about that aspect of their lives. They don't think about sexuality. They don't see themselves as a sexual person in any way, shape or form until their mid twenties, maybe, or once they're already going into college. And like when I moved out of my house in Georgia and I moved to LA when I was 17, I, just because I was like living as an adult in quotes, not Mm -hmm. even legally, but um, (laughs) like once I, I guess once I turned 18 more so and was still living out there, like in having these experiences with men and like figuring out how men, you know, viewed me and how I didn't even really think about that in my own life and stuff like that. Like how, how you're saying with the high schoolers, they present themselves sexually through clothing. Like I was probably doing that, but not thinking about Mm. the person who saw it or received, you know, whatever, totally whatever their interpretation of what I was wearing was. (laughs) I never thought about stuff like that. And that was something that like was kind of brought to the table for me by like my parents and stuff like that. They were like, you know, you're in, you're in Georgia now. It's not like you can just like go out wearing a bralette. Like you could do that in LA, but it's like it's kind of weird. You're in the South. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess you're right. But I remember it being like a huge, a huge conversation of where I was mm-hmm. just like, why are you sexualizing me, mom? It's just like, <laughs> I'm not, Meg. I'm just saying other people will interpret you as these ways. I kind of got on a tangent. But at the same time, like I really wasn't aware of these things. Like, in a main conversation for a very long time, or I just wanted to repress them and not bring it up. I was like, you know what? If people see me that way, keep it to themselves. But like, I don't have to. Not not my fucking problem. Like, (laughs) Exactly. And I still kind of think that way a lot of the time, but also I I feel better about just making the decision. Like when I leave the house, is this going to make me feel safe? Because a lot Mm. of the times, like that was not the case. Like I would Mm -hmm. would just wear things and be like, whatever. However people see Mm -hmm. me is whatever their own shit. But then I was like, oh, well, it does actually reflect on me in the end because then I feel unsafe (laughs) and I don't Mm want to feel that way. So, uh, which is just frustrating. And I could get into catcalling too, but I'm not going to open that bag of worms. (laughs) It's all, it's all all so much. Like everything happens so much. That's what Jake and I say all the time. Like it really does. And um, no, I totally get what you mean. I think it, the way that's, that's why I think there has to be more, like we were saying, there's gotta be more aspects to sexuality than just like the way we dress. Because like, if it all comes down to the way I dress and I can't dress the way I want to for something, or if I don't feel comfortable, I don't feel safe. Like my sexuality can't just go out the window. Like, well, fuck it. I don't feel like hot today. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also like working from home, I would say 95% of the time, like I'm a grub, like I'm in like a sweatshirt, like my hair is on top of my head. Like I'm not dressed up. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know, for a long time, because my, my sexuality was so dependent on the way I appeared that it, if I didn't look good for the day, like I felt like shit. And so 
when it had to go, I think for me, like at least it had to feel more than just the way I, I appeared, like the way I looked in the world. And like, even today, like I'm in a sweatshirt and like a pair of like soft shorts and like my hair is on top of my head and we had great sex. And like, to me in my head, like, I'm like, Oh, like I don't have to look like a supermodel to have great sex. Like I, the way I express my sexuality and the way I show up sexually and like my confidence is so much more than like what I'm wearing. And that's a hard thing to figure out. Yeah. I think I'm still learning that as a person in general. It's a practice. (laughs) Because clothes have always been like a huge way of how I express not only my sexuality, but just like, yeah, I guess how I, how I feel about myself, like you're saying, like that's Mm -hmm. just a huge part and working from home. I always see it as such like a self-love practice for me to just like get in a cute outfit, even if I'm just Mm -hmm. chilling on the couch or just like doing work in my office for the day. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's such a practice for me to just think about all the other ways that I like can be seen as a sexual person mm-hmm. when I like I it would have never even crossed my mind that my partner would desire me when I'm sweaty and like just mm-hmm. gross after a workout, you know, but like yep. it, it just it occurs. So mm-hmm. it happens and I just have to get used to those things, like being seen in a bunch of different ways. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that always changes for people. Like yeah. they will get really into a certain like this is just how it is for me. That like I'm only mm-hmm. sexy when I'm wearing my lingerie or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. But but it's really, I don't know, it is kind of hard to rework, but just like letting yourself be open to being seen in any way that um, your partner wants to do that. I don't know what I'm trying to get. No, totally. Like I totally get what you mean. And opening the and doors I think it all, of possibility. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think like a good journal prompt is like journaling, like the things that make you feel like feminine and sexy and like, like you mm-hmm. and, and obviously like, or masculine, like whatever it is that like turns you on the most, like what makes you feel sexual. And so like, for me, that may be like things that feel like really feminine and like soft and like in a receiving state, like things that make me feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel sexy when I'm reading. I'm like, I'm so hot and intellectual. Like, me too. I'll <laughs> yeah. literally like, I'll take selfies of myself reading and being like, looking so cute right now with my little book <laughs> or something. And I'll like, yes. I don't know why I think I'm so cute when I do that stuff, but maybe. Just oh no. And I, I have am. this I like know. role play. I have this role play idea in my head of like, I'm going to be coming. He's, I'm going to be reading and he's going to like, come in the room and I'm naked and he's going <laughs> to just take me because <laughs> I'm so sexy while I'm reading. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's just like things like that. Like what makes you feel sexual? Like what Mm -hmm. makes you feel sexually expressed? And, and it's, it's a fun thing to explore and it evolves so much, you know, it, I can say like, what makes me feel sexual today is now made me feel sexual six months ago, like, or it has changed or shifted or whatever. Definitely. Definitely. I would say that right now, one of my biggest things is that I feel sexy in the garden and when I'm like mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff. Um, just because I'm like, you know, I'm like lugging around a wheelbarrow and I got like a heavy shovel. <laughs> <laughs> and also I, I just, it. I love the outdoors and outdoor mm-hmm. sex is like such a, wow, just really have been manifesting it for a very long time <laughs> in my mind. And then we finally did on my birthday and now I'm like, oh my God. Oh, happy the- <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, but I was like, I told him after we did, I was like, wow, that was literally some bucket list shit for me. I'll tell you that yeah. right now because 
from the first time that we moved to Oregon, I had this image in my mind of us just fucking in the forest, you know? And I really just was hoping that for me because right. I wanted to accomplish it. <laughs> and so now I would say when I'm outdoors is when I feel sexy as well, which is something that was never, never a thing, especially on the streets of LA. Um, yes. I mostly wanted to cover myself instead and run back inside. So <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Not a reality. <laughs> So something I want to ask about too, is like a little bit about your relationship with Finley, just because I know you guys have like a unique relationship dynamic. And I just, Mm -hmm. like I said, I love you guys so much. So what I would love for you to just like kind of share like the context of your relationship. Okay. So I met, I met Finley when I first moved to LA, when I was Mm -hmm. like 18, I want to say, or 17, it was in 2014. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was dating a friend of mine and it was just a whole, the, how it started honestly was a very traumatic, just oof. Yeah. A lot. Um, all I'm going to say is there was no crossover. They parted Mm -hmm. ways. We got together about two months later and Mm -hmm. we've just been thriving since then. But the very beginning of our relationship was very like just pleasure based. Like we were just kind of fuck buddies. And then we fell into like, Oh wait, I am in love with you kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And like moving into that, we were reflecting on this the other day, but just like how interesting it is to like go from that kind of a dynamic of just like, oh, this is very, I don't know, I'm just getting like sex out of it or like some laughs or whatever it might be, but always seeing it in a kind of context of like, this is just what it is. It's kind of no strings attached kind of a thing. And then once you realize, oh, wait, I really like this person, (laughs) like making that leap into the next step. Oh, wow. What a great and freeing thing that that was. So yeah, just love him so much. I've been together for about three years now. (laughs) And we moved to Oregon at the beginning of 2018. So it's been like a little over two years that we've been living out here. And yeah, it's just been really good. He's love of my life. And we have some some dogs and some some hogs and are just living our... (laughs) Our farm life. Yes. <laughs> Love that. And I know you've shared about like how you guys have an open relationship or you did, like at least I saw when you shared it on on YouTube a while ago. I think you did a YouTube video on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And so obviously it's gonna look different for everyone, but can you kind of explain what that means for you guys and within your relationship? Yeah. So this is something that I always like get a lot of response on that's kind of more harsh. So I will say that um, my favorite thing to say before I preface a conversation like this is labels are just for fast digestion, just for people to understand (laughs) your relationship. That's something that Shan Boudram on YouTube, Shan Booty, love her so much. That's what she taught me. And also... um, I would say that right now in our relationship, we've kind of, at least for myself, how I label it is not really open anymore. Mm-hmm. I would say free is more mm-hmm. what it is I because like we don't, we're not constantly practicing an open relationship. We're not like constantly seeking other partners. And that was something that I think is really hard for other people to understand of like, oh, why do you, why aren't you just like dating then? Like, why aren't you just mm-hmm. like exclusive or monogamous or whatever the term might be. Um, Because at the very beginning, I was very like, you know, we're just having a good time. And I would like say that to my parents. I would say that to my friends. I'd be like, we're open, all these things. But we weren't really, I mean, we really only were seeing other partners at the the beginning. You know, sorry for my burp if you heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So then once it changed and like, obviously we've been together for much longer and like we see a future together and those types of things. And not to say that I didn't see a future with him from the beginning, because I always just felt like he was very much so right for me. Um, but I think that it's kind of evolved over time to be in like a, a free label of just like, Hey, if you are interested in another person or another outlet of expressing your sexuality, it'll be a conversation and we'll talk about it and the doors open. It's not like locked and bolted shut. Like, no, 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 you cannot have those thoughts ever. You know, like it would be a conversation. So kind of transitioning more into that has been just a conversation in itself. You know, like one time I think that somebody asked in a video, we were filming a relationship Q and A and somebody asked in it and I was like, yeah, I guess we're still open. And then Finley looked at me and was like, are we? (laughs) And then I was like, okay, we're not going to put this in the video. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about it, you know, outside of this. And then I'll come back to what the actual, like, the, the thing is. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it, it definitely, like, grows and changes and whatnot. And also just things, labels in themselves come with, I don't know, just a lot of, a lot of package, a lot of totally. baggage. And- That's what I mean, not packages. Yeah. <laughs> packaging so much tape. Um, <laughs> so in like, was that something that you had been, cause it sounds like you had that conversation, like you brought that up initially. Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd like practice in the past or was this new or what kind of called you to be like, okay, this is a conversation I want to have. Oh, at the beginning, like, w- like who brought it up kind of a thing? Yes. Yes. I think that it, I don't remember it being me or it being him. Like, I just remember mm-hmm. us just being like, well, I don't know. We're just having a good time. Like, it yeah. was never, I feel like just the whole kind of no label thing at the beginning was what really, like, drove the whole the whole boat. Yeah. Um, but I can't really, I was never exposed to that in the past. I never really, I mean... At the same time, Finley is my first, like, real, in quotes, relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. So in the past, I've really only ever been no strings attached with people because we were just in a thing. And also, they didn't really care. So that was really what it always came back to. (laughs) Um, So maybe, like, some weird conditioning in me was just used to that whole kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the drive behind it wasn't because neither of us cared because we did and we loved each other's company. Yeah. It was a more of just like a, I want you to be able to be free and like have your own life and drives and do whatever you want, not just focus all of your attention on, hey, what is this? Like, because that's yeah. a huge conversation at the beginning of just confusion for a lot of people. Mm. Like, can you define this for me? And not just letting it exist. So I think that that was just the main drive is like, hey, let's just let this exist as a thing and not spend so much time trying to decipher, decipher like who cares more or what's happening, you know, because we both care. It's fine. So yeah, Yeah. somebody, I think that I get a lot of assumptions being online of people being like, oh, this was, this was her idea or this was his idea or whatever. And like trying to almost like um, blame somebody for what has occurred or like the label that we are. And it's like, why are you looking, you know, like, I'm not saying you as a person, but just um, in general online people are like, oh, this was like, so his idea or something like that. And she just like (laughs) fell into it and like, she doesn't actually (laughs) like it or something. And it's like, no, we're actually fine and good. And it's just a reflection of your own. (laughs) Yeah. This is your own shit. I don't need this. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And I think that's always, I love that like in, within relationships, like not, I think the, 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 ugh, can't talk the belief that like we have to like date to marry or something like that. I think that can be in, in so, for some people that works, right. But like, I think the idea of that is like the standard is, is kind of toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading something on Instagram the other day, somebody put a quote up, but it was basically like date to have fun, like date to enjoy other people date to like have a mirror for you, like a reflection to grow. And I think that a lot of the time, like creates some of like the best relationships and the most fun relationships when there aren't like expectations and there aren't labels. Like I think that allows for so much more to grow um, within yourself and within the relationship. Exactly. That meant so much for me at the beginning was Mm. that I wasn't spending so much time exhausting myself of if this person cared about me because I just Mm -hmm. knew that he did and that we were just Mm -hmm. like not playing that game. (laughs) And so at the beginning, when you are trying to define it and you are trying to like kind of ask yourself these hard questions of like, do I see a future with this person? What is he to me? How would I introduce him to others? Kind of a thing. Like it, Mm -hmm. you just spend so much energy trying to decipher all of that, that it kind of like takes the fun out of it oftentimes. Yeah. Like you're saying. So that was just, it was just very freeing for me to not have to do that because I was constantly doing that in my past, you know, flings and things with people just being like, what the hell is, why is he not responding? You know, like we were always up front with each other. We were always communicating. I always knew that he wanted to hang out with me. It was never a, you know, a conversation of just like a a doubtful, weird (laughs) energy. Like It was just never really that at the beginning. So that was that movie, like the movie, like he's just not that into you. I feel like I quote that all the time to people. I'm like, if you're in a mutually like if you're in a relationship that's like mutually beneficial to both parties and like you want to be there, like you're going to show up, yeah. you're going to put the effort in and like, there won't be any guessing and it will be fun and it will be easy. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think with Jake, that's, that was my experience too, was that this was the first time I didn't overthink things. And like, I wasn't worried about like how long it would last or anything. I just had fun. And that was yeah. really my goal with it was just to like be present with him and enjoy him. Um, and he made that very easy too. Like I, that's not like something I just like magically did on my own. Like he, (laughs) you know, it it was partially like me being grounded in, in myself in this relationship, but also like having that in a partner too. I think it makes all the difference. Sure. Yeah. It's something that I said recently in a video that I also learned from Shan Boudrim. Um, I was doing a 23 lessons I learned in 23 years video. And one of them was like a quote from her book, the game of desire. And she was talking about like, when people say that relationships take work, they're not talking mm-hmm. about like all of the mistext and miscommunication mm-hmm. and drama and all of that unnecessary bullshit. They're talking about like how it feels to share a life with somebody and like, like how it takes work and like kind of a give and take situation of just like, I'm obviously putting her, <laughs> her quote into my own words, but just mm-hmm. like we're saying, like we're not getting into something because we're going to force it into this. Like it's going to work. Like, because even if he ghosts me, I'm going to work for this because I want it. And that's what a lot of people think is like, oh, it's this little, it's a little game we play at the beginning, or it's a little, Mm. you know, cat and mouse. Hard to get. It can be a turn on for some people to be cat and mouse, but at the same time, it's also a lot of work emotionally. And if somebody's not showing up for you yes. and caring at the beginning, it's a lot harder to turn it into something that you would 
be happy with. <laughs> I'd rather communicate and establish the cat and mouse dynamic. Like sometimes yeah. he'll be like, are you playing hard to get right now? And I'm like, yes, I am. And he's yeah. like, okay, great. I'll change you. Like, that sounds yeah. good. Exactly. <laughs> like once you know that it's happening. Yeah. And I have to say too, that like, there's nothing wrong with either dynamic. Like I wouldn't appreciate the relationship I'm in right now if I hadn't you know, experience the drama and the work. And like, I think I had to experience that to know like that was a learning process. Like I grew from those relationships and I grew in what I wanted and who I wanted to be in a relationship. So it makes this so much more fun knowing that, at least from my perspective, like knowing that like how I've grown in relationships and the person I show up to with as I show up as with him, Mm -hmm. like who I am in this relationship is, is definitely impacted by who I, you know, who I was with and who I was in the past. Yeah. And who you used to be. I think it's so funny (laughs) while you were saying all of that, I was just relating so hard. It just, I had this image in my head of like me dragging myself through the flames of horrible relationships (laughs) and then just coming out on the other end and being like, Oh, wow. We have finally arrived. (laughs) This makes perfect sense. This is gorgeous. Thank you. Love it so much. (laughs) You know, yes. rather and than just like, oh, the pain, the turmoil. Oh, really didn't like yeah. that. But also taught me about a lot of men. So <laughs> grateful yeah, for that. Yeah, it just teaches you, teaches you so much. You learn so much. Like relationships are, like you, like we said in the beginning, like they're a mirror and you learn so much just from like being with someone and a lot of stuff you don't like, especially in the beginning. I was like, oh, who is she? I don't like her. I don't like the way she shows up in this. Yeah. Um. So just like the evolution of, Callie in a relationship is just very interesting. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Same. I mean, just we've gone leaps and bounds in the past three years from then when we started. Like there's oh just, who would yeah. have thought? <laughs> yeah. Right. If you had told me at like 15, 16 years old, like this is where I'd be. I'd been like, okay, bullshit. Like yeah. no fucking way. Exactly. This is what I would be doing <laughs> or the person I would be or whatever. So just the growth. Like, I think appreciating the growth is huge too. Like sometimes every once in a while, I'll just like journal out, like, look how far you've come. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's me looking back on old videos. Like there's a video. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I have this video called opening up about love in summer 2016 when I was home in Georgia and I had like revisited a fuck boy of my past. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I was just like, shook by it, you know, just being like, what is this? What is the meaning of this? I don't know. I just want love. And I was just talking to my camera being like, I just want to experience beautiful love. And I don't know why, what is it, when it's going to come? Cause I feel like I'm open to it and I'm trying and you know, like I'm doing all of the right things. And <laughs> I'll look back on that video and be like, girl, you didn't even know. You did not even know. Cause like I knew Finley, no. you know, but who would have yeah. freaking thought? Not me. <laughs> that's so funny. And I, I love that you've like documented so much. I think that has, that's so cool. Like being able to look back and see. And I think that's like one of my regrets from like high school is not like documenting more on sure. like YouTube and things like that. Because I feel like I had friends that were into that. And like there are people doing it. It just like wasn't on my radar yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool that you have that to go back and see. Yeah. It's like a online scrapbook. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I have loved just chatting with you and every, you're just a wealth of knowledge and joy and like the brightest light I know. So I appreciate you so you much. You freaking too. Thank you so much. I loved our chats. Really got to do a lot of reflecting. And yes. I love the note that we ended on of just like reflecting on growth because we've yeah. been through it. We've done a lot. I'm so appreciative <laughs> for this conversation yeah, today. Too. Thank you so much. <laughs> 
Of course. And where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you and stalk all the things that are you? Yes. If you want to stalk all the things that are me, my at is Megan Hughes, M-E-G-H-A-N. And I'm on YouTube, you know, my podcast, Souls at Sundown, the old Instagram, Twitter, you can find me under that at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I will link all of her stuff in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Megan. Thank you. So appreciative for you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Get Clitterate podcast. We release a new episode every single week, so go ahead and hit subscribe. We'd love for you to leave us a review and let us know what you think of the show. You can learn more about myself, your host, Callie Shea, by visiting my website, callieshea.com, or by visiting my Instagram, at Callie Shea. If you want to stay in the loop with what's happening on the podcast, you can follow at Get Clitterate Podcast on Instagram.